Hey, Kim here. Quick update before you dive into this episode. We've changed the name of our podcast to Rooted in Tomorrow. It's a nod to our shared history and the bright future of our cooperative system. So if you get later in the series to our 22nd episode, you'll notice the change. But most importantly, it won't affect you as a listener or a subscriber. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. It's kind of fun to be living. Did I lose this connection? I think we lost Ken. I, a real-time example of, uh, <laughs> of the necessity of, uh, of internet. Oh no, right as we're talking about data mapping, we lost Ken's um, connection again. My apologies, this is really frustrating. But, uh-huh. um... Before we dive in, a quick thanks to all of our partners. None of this work would be possible without each one of them. Microsoft, Tractor Supply Company, 4-H, Heartland Forward, Schooler, Lead for America, and of course, our local farm cooperatives scattered throughout the country. Thank you. about tomorrow. Never a guarantee unless we take care of today. We're a cooperative rooted in 100 years of history. So for us, that work happens together. It's the pursuit of a reliable food supply, a sustainable future, and vibrant communities for all of us. We're seeking something greater. This is Something Greater, the podcast by Land O'Lakes, Inc. I'm your host, Kim Olson. Join us for stories of innovators, changemakers, and the modern entrepreneurs who work the land. Never before have we been so connected, and never before has it been so imperative for us to be connected. But for some, connection is out of reach, or just spotty at best. Did you know one in four Americans do not have reliable broadband? And while the FCC says 14 million households don't have access, 11 million of those are in rural areas. This is about a lifeline to doctors, employment, and economic opportunity. For our business, it's absolutely critical as we work to support and drive adoption of digital tools that help support a more efficient, sustainable, and profitable agricultural value chain. For the success of individuals, families, small businesses, and more, and rural, urban, or somewhere in between, Broadband connectivity is a key component to success for families and communities, for prosperity, and for the future of our cooperative and our country. This is about the kids in our local communities having the ability to work on homework online at home rather than in a vehicle in a parking lot 20 miles down the road. That's not an exaggeration. Listen to one of our farmer members, Pat Luneman, on a previous episode. So we have a new concept in in one of our rural school districts. They have uh, hot spots on all of their school buses. At the end of the day, the buses are strategically parked throughout the district so that if the student needs to do their homework, maybe mom or dad, or maybe they could ride their bike down close to where the school bus bus is to actually do their homework. But that's how desperate we are for for the broadband capability in certain parts of our rural areas. We know it may not be your reality, but it is the reality of millions. And that's why Land O'Lakes started the American Connection Project a few years ago in support of vibrant rural communities through raising awareness, 
advocating for meaningful policy reform and taking decisive action to support and to provide connectivity options where they were needed most. Our guests today are Frontier Cooperative CEO and farmer Jeremy Wilhelm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Frontier Cooperative, a Land O'Lakes Ag Retail member owner, has been out ahead in efforts to help bring better connectivity to their community. And we have Ken Edwards, an American Connection Corps fellow and also a Nebraska native. The American Connection Corps is an effort we launched in 2021 as a pillar of ACP. It's a new boots on the ground effort to boost local internet connectivity led in conjunction with Lead for America. It's funded through the support of 20 partners, including organizations like Nebraska-based Schooler, nonprofit Heartland Forward, and so many others. Well, thank you both for um, agreeing to talk with us. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Uh, American Connection Project is something that's near and dear to my heart. And um, I really want to make sure that uh, we give a good uh, a good picture, a visual picture to our, our listeners today. So um, welcome to both of you. Um, I want to kind of start with community. And um, both of you are in uh extremely important, um, close communities. And I, I would like our listeners to be able to, to picture where you are. So, you know, Ken, um, let me start with you. Uh, you're from Table Rock, Nebraska. So paint me a picture. Um, how is it rural? Is it, is it cold? Is it warm? You know, tell me about it. Well, so Table Rock is a, it's a small town. We got about 230 people. We have a really nice downtown with all the old buildings and whatnot. Um, kind of the going joke around there is that we're in the middle of everything, but next to nothing. This is about, <laughs> you know, about a two, one to two hour drive to like Lincoln, Omaha and Kansas City, right? Um, okay. It's very close knit. It's nice. Just settled, settled in between the bluffs. It's, it's nice. I really enjoy it. Now tell me who do you uh, who do you cheer for when you're right in the middle of everything? Is that like a we're coming up on Super Bowl here? Is that like a Kansas City Chiefs town or or? There's a lot of Chiefs fans, but I have an affinity towards the Packers. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go well this year. Oh no! Um, but oh, everybody God. rallies behind the Huskers, even though it's a lot of heartbreak. But we're we're <laughs> we're still passionate. They'll come back. Uh, yeah. When you have a passionate fan base like that, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. How about you? Uh, how about you, Jeremy? Huskers no. fan? Tell me uh, Tell me about your community. Yeah, so I live in Syracuse, Nebraska, which is about a half hour outside of Lincoln and Omaha both. And uh, it's uh, way bigger than Table Rock. We've got 2,500 people there. Uh, but it's your typical small town where you know everybody and everybody knows you. Now, tell me, um, as I, I would love for our listeners to get an idea of the Frontier Cooperative and the, and the business itself. So tell me a little bit about the business and how that fits into the community. Yeah, so Frontier Cooperative is your typical full service cooperative. We handle grain, agronomy, energy, and feed. Uh, we're, we're in 60 communities across eastern Nebraska. And, uh, you know, there's a good chance if there's not a school or um, in the community that we're, we're probably going to be the largest employer in the in the communities that we serve. And so we've got about 6,000 farmer owners as a cooperative and about 425 employees that live in and amongst the communities that we serve. 
well, really good size organization. Yeah. Now, um, for for both of you, I guess I we're here to talk about um, sort of uh, base services. I think in your communities, and you know, I'm thinking about day to day life, uh, groceries, doctors. Um, jobs. Um, when you think about, as we all really have more recently, the kinds of services you need to um, to live day-to-day -day life, to raise your family, to have a healthy community. Um, I, and maybe we can start with you, Ken, uh, since you're in a, a smaller community. What is it like to get those services? Um, you got to be willing to drive a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's in it, but you know, you think about, we always like our, our travel distance that we always talk about it in, in minutes, not necessarily miles. So it takes mm -hmm. like, takes less than 10 minutes to get to the nearest hospital, 10 minutes to get to groceries. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes, like, cause you know, if you want to go shopping, like for different things, like you kind of have to get outside of table rock a little bit. Um, but it's not like if you put it in the perspective of like in a city, if you're driving from one side of the city, like South Lincoln to North Lincoln, it's a good 30 minutes, you know, and like with a, within a 30 minute drive, we can get, you know, to a Walmart, like all, all yeah. those uh, fancy things. But, um, it's just, it's just a change. Like you just have to be willing to commute a little bit, but it's not too bad. Okay. Okay. And how does that, um, play, uh, where you are, Jeremy? It's, it's pretty similar. We always say that we've got one of everything that we need, um, but you might, <laughs> a, you might not get a choice. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you know, we've got a grocery store, a small grocery store, we've got a post office, we've got, you know, a hospital in town. So you have the yeah. things that you need. They may yeah. not have a lot of choices. Okay. They have the things that you need, though. So when we think about um, having the things we need within, you know, maybe 30 minutes in your case, Ken, and, and a little closer maybe in yours, Jeremy, I would think that access to technology might be something that uh, expands options, you know, Ken, Ken for you and, and Jeremy, maybe a little bit more choice, um, certainly for you. So let's, can we spend a little bit of time talking about the internet? Um, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I, let's, let's, let's start there. I, Ken, you're, you know, you're, you're smiling here on this. Um, when it comes to technology itself and, and the internet, do you ever feel um, behind or lagging or um, do you feel like you get everything you need in, from that perspective? I would say there's there's definitely room for improvement and it's it's gotten better in recent years um but we're, we're still way behind you know the cities in terms of speeds and affordability and whatnot um and you know technology in general it's transformational for rural communities uh, because it opens up the door to a lot of different kinds of services like you, i mean you can go to a doctor's visit on your phone you can access mental health providers um you know and then you got things like amazon and all those all those different deals that do make it easier um but there's still a lot of there's still a lot of communities and and you know obviously farms that aren't connected to the to the internet that or they have very slow speeds um and in some cases that people uh, get slower speeds than what they're paying for pretty consistently so those are those are some of the challenges that we're going against but there's definitely opportunity um you know and I think one of the big pushes that we're going to see, especially coming out of the pandemic, is 
the work from home um, because like we can create jobs in these small towns by not having like necessarily a physical business that can work from home, earn an income and, you know, live, live relatively, uh, I'm not going to say cheap, but affordable um, because yeah. housing is so much cheaper in small towns. So being able yeah. to provide high speed, affordable internet, I think is going to be the key to our future. Well, interesting. The key to the future. I, I, you know, I was going to follow up and ask about uh, how the pandemic and COVID might have um, changed your feelings around the internet, but it, but certainly um, that in remote work, um, that has certainly made a, a an impact. And um, Jeremy, from from your perspective, is it uh, is it a bandwidth issue as well? I, you know, as Ken was talking, it used to be we were just trying to get our, uh, our, our farms to work um, and tie into technology there. Now maybe it's a bandwidth issue because you've got grandma at home trying to see the doctor and you know your kids trying to do homework. And um, I'm wondering if that has, has changed the, uh, the intensity of the need. Absolutely. And we saw it, you know, with, even with some of our employees, right, when they were working all day long, uh, come home at night to try to do homework with their kids. And, you know, the speed during the day was not an issue, but when everybody was at home at night working, it, it really drugged the speed down to a just a snail's pace. And so it, it, it happens at home, it happens on the farm. I mean, it, it more and more, the technology that we're providing and helping our farmers, our growers uh, utilize it's it's being done on the iPhone and it, and it needs some speed to download some of the data that we're trying to download. I talk a little bit more about that, Jeremy. I, I know that you've been in um, ag your whole life and in the past, let's say even in the last five years, how has technology changed? I, I love the example of we're, we're doing everything on the on your phone. Um, but what are some other examples of where you've seen um, where you've seen it really change in ag specifically? Yeah, I think just the the information that we're collecting from the field, uh, from the combine, from the tractor, on the planter, um, and the need to get that information real time uh, coming out of the sprayer. So when that field's being done sprayed, uh, we're sending a text message. Uh, to the farmer and saying, hey, your field has been sprayed and emailing out the as-applied data uh, to them as they get it. And so it's real time, it's live, um, it, it fits into our dispatching and um, it's like having inventory live. Uh, we can't we can't take inventory once a month. Um, we gotta kind of know where we're at any given day. Yeah, well, and everything uh, everything speeds up when you're trying to do real time. I, now, Ken, you're a little younger than Jeremy. I, I, I'm just going to point that out. I, I know that <laughs> might not be popular, but I'm just going to point it out a little bit. Um, how has technology or, or lack of technology kind of impacted you and, and your peers as, um, as you've entered the workforce? Well, I mean, this, this is possible now that, that we're doing, that you know, we're, we're all meeting in a, a video space, um, <laughs> talking over the phones and whatnot. I'd say that that's kind of new within the last 10 years. Um, it's, it's changing. You know, I have, I have friends that are in data mapping. I have friends that are in like analytics and a lot of these jobs didn't really exist, you know, when, when we we're growing up. So it's, it's kind of fun to be living. I think we lost Ken. 
I, a real-time example of, uh, <laughs> of the necessity of, uh, of internet. All right, this isn't something we planned. We didn't cut Ken's connection for dramatic effect. It's just part of the reality that our farmers and folks in rural communities deal with every day. They roll with it, so we did too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy, let's uh, let's keep talking as Ken tries to reestablish uh, his connection there. And, and let's talk a little bit more about um, about the effect of the pandemic and you know what we thought was something that was going to be a, a couple of weeks ended up being a couple of years. It really kind of showed us um, that broadband is really the door to the world. Has that been a conversation in your town? Has it, um, a, you know, when you're out at the coffee shops, are, are people talking about connectivity and how we can, uh, how it's a necessity of life and how we can kind of pull it back in there? Yeah, it really is. Uh, I think the pandemic, you know, taught people how to, you know, force people to do some more things online. Um, yeah. Whether it was buying groceries or buying things from from the store, to uh, we launched a, an app that we could sign grain contracts uh, on their iPhone, and in the first six months, we had over two thousand grain contracts signed with their iPhones, which we would have oh never dreamt that that would have picked up that kind of pace. But I think it was partially due to the pandemic, right? People weren't coming into the office, and um, so it's. I think it's changed a lot since the pandemic started. Yeah. Would you would you say it's increased productivity in some yeah. ways? <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, you think about a green contract as a simple example. In the past, we would have written that up, printed it out, mailed it to that producer with an envelope for him to mail it back and sign. And generally, we got about 50% response rate, so you'd have to follow up and send it again. And, and, yeah. uh, so it just it's increased productivity significantly. The American Connection Project, or ACP as we sometimes call it, represents roughly 200 companies and organizations working to bring high-speed internet access to every corner of America. There's one guiding principle. Internet access is not a luxury. It is a lifeline, in part due to our collective efforts through the American Connection Project Policy Coalition. Congress recently passed the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that provided funding for critical infrastructure investments across the nation. Now, this law delivers a historic $65 billion investment in broadband initiatives that will help to close the digital divide. This is a great step, but this is not a one-size-fits-all issue. It also takes humans, local boots on the ground in communities across the country. Rural communities often lack the capacity to leverage available but sometimes out-of-reach resources. To build that capacity, we've launched the American Connection Corps. With 50 fellows like Ken deployed to local communities, working to better connect and equip their hometowns for our increasingly digital economy to solve big problems. The American Connection Project's ability to spark action is a testament to the power of cooperation. It provides a blueprint for building and maintaining the relationships necessary to address any number of issues that impact our communities. Listeners, it's interesting. We lost Ken for <laughs> um, for a few moments on our uh, on our connection here, and now we've got him back. Ken, we were uh, continuing to kind of talk about uh, connectivity, and then you were you were gone and back. 
Yeah, yeah, as fate would have it, uh, spotty internet connection. Um, What's funny is that we, like in our office, we have an internet service provider, but we don't have fiber, like in our in our building yet. It's supposed to be coming in March. We're very excited about that. There you Um, go. (laughs) But yeah, it's so. My apologies, but yeah, that's so. This is a a good example of why we need better internet. (laughs) But but yeah. I, I'm telling you what it's. There is nothing better than um, than a real time uh, example of um, you know the the need for um, connectivity. I and and now that I've got you back, Ken, um, you are a fellow with the American mm-hmm. Connection Corps. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, about that program, if you would. Um, I, I know as a as a land of lakes in play, I know a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear from your um, perspective what that program is and um, wh- how your experience has been. Um, well, first of all, thanks to Land of Lakes for being a sponsor. We we really appreciate it because you make this program possible, um, and it's it's coming at a good time. Um, obviously, with all the the money coming down from the government and you know people seeing the need for you know broadband expansion um it's i guess the best way to put it is that these kinds of jobs didn't exist before this program i mean if you wanted to work in rural development which is that's my goal um you had to work for a development district and it was pretty you know straightforward just working on grants all the time with the american connection Corps, we're getting out into the community um a lot of us were just finishing up our listening tours we're going around the community and hearing what people want. Um, actually tonight in, uh, Auburn here, we have a community conversation where we're trying to figure out the process going forward for the town. And, uh, it's really exciting seeing people have the buy-in. Um, and, but like a lot of our time is spent going out, talking to people, talking to businesses, um, a lot of data mapping, a lot of speed testing. Um, and it's, it's exciting. Um, I, I never would have guessed that like coming out of college, this is what I'd be doing, but I'm, I'm so thankful for it. And I'm even coming up on, I think it's what, six, six months, seven months, something like yeah, that. that. And we've got, a, we've got a lot going and it's, it's hard to believe we, we have about a year and a half left and it still feels like there's so much left to do. And it's exciting. Like there's never not a dull day. Like I'd, I'd highly encourage anybody that wants to help their small town to, to join in. Um, it's yeah, it's, really, really enjoy it and really thankful that, that it's here. Have you done uh, meetings like this before um, to date or is this your first one today? Like in terms of like, like this session and yeah, you've done. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, so this is our fifth one. Um, And we're kind of going through the, we're going through the visioning process right now. So just trying to figure out our action steps of how we're going to impact business and whatnot. So tell me, is there in, in the five that you've had, what's the one or two things you've heard over and over? Broadband. <laughs> um, <laughs> people want better internet. And uh, yeah. like things like our downtown revitalization, like just trying to find different ways. You know, we have a lot of empty buildings in small town America. Like it's, yeah. it's just unfortunate, but it's a reality. And so we're trying to find different ways that we can attract entrepreneurs, that we can attract young families. Um, solve the housing issue. Um, Nebraska, we have one, we have the lowest unemployment in the country, but we have so many open jobs. So it's not, it's not that yet. It's not that people aren't working. It's that we need more people. 
yeah. so also check out Nebraska. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> Hashtag Nebraska. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will tell you, our um, we're we're so um, excited about what you and the other uh, ACC fellows are doing. We've got um, lots of partners that are uh, interested in contributing to that program. And uh, we're just we're just so proud of all the work that you guys are are doing. Um, we're now, just getting Jeremy, started. <laughs> just getting started. All right, yeah. and recruiting new uh, new Nebraska residents. <laughs> yes, always. Um, now, Jeremy, you tell tell me. Um, it's I can picture these meetings that um, that Ken's going into and and having folks say over and over that broadband is something that they really need to um, enable getting more people to interested to, to come and um, raise their families there. Um, you guys are um, getting involved in it in a little bit different way. Well, I, Frontier's involved across the board, but um, tell me specifically kind of about the green facilities and how are you using them to get connected? Well, I think we, you know, we realized a couple of years ago that we've got these grain facilities that sit, you know, stand 120 to 150 feet in the air that, yeah. you know, are, have historically been used for maybe some cell phone towers, uh, maybe to be, a, you know, a tornado fire um, sounding, you know, up there and, and Realize really? These, so the communities put fire alarms up on the uh, top of the grain facilities? They do. And huh. we realized that height was useful and beneficial for being able to broaden the scope of high-speed internet and, and increase the radius. And so our towers were there. We said, why not utilize them? Why not benefit the community? And so now we're putting up high-speed internet on there and we can generally get depending on the topography, a five to 10 mile radius from our communities with pretty high speed, low cost internet. That's fantastic. Now, is this, um, I know a little bit about that uh, program and I know we uh, were involved with uh, Nextlink and Microsoft. Um, was this, uh, when you were thinking about this and proposing it certainly with, with all of us, um, was it something you jumped on right away or was, or was it something you had to kind of think about a bit? No, we didn't have to think about it at all. It was a no-brainer, right, uh, for us to uh, be able to, again, use the scale, the height, and partner with, like I said, Microsoft, Nextlink, and Land Lakes to bring this to the communities. And it was it was a very easy decision. It's it's kind of a win-win, um, it seems like. Win, 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 right? Win for the community, win for the co-op, win for... Um, when for all of us. Um, okay, so if we get uh, our, our connectivity more solid, um, it seems like so much of what uh, we do in ag goes back to data and improving our, our data and um, improving productivity, profitability, all of those things. Um, now, Ken, you've said a couple of times in our conversation, you referred to data mapping mm -hmm. and I, you know, anytime they, I hear the word data, my, my antenna go up. Um, tell me about data mapping. I know you did a project recently um, and, and we're using that kind of information. Can you give us a little bit more um, information on what that is and how that plays in? So um, 
we basically to demonstrate the need for broadband expansion, we had to identify unserved and underserved areas. Um, so we have two fellows that are working with the Southeast Nebraska Development District that this is this is what they do all day, every day. And so they like so in terms of Nemaha, Nemaha County, where I'm at, um, we identified an area that was un, like there it was 158 houses that we crossed. Um, we received a million dollars in grant funding and which was challenged by the the existing uh, provider in the area that had the exchange district well oh no right as we're talking about data mapping we lost ken's um connection again um so we're gonna uh we're gonna hold on here for a minute i imagine ken's gonna back out and come back in as he did before Jeremy, can I, can I ask you about um, cooperatives themselves? Can you talk about how cooperatives are kind of an economic driver for rural communities? I, I, you've talked about how they've you know, been central but um, at the beginning of our conversation, but how do they play within the economy? Oh, and I see Ken's come back. So we'll come back to you, Ken, in a minute, but we're gonna talk economy with Jeremy for just a minute. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, our cooperative was started in 1915. And it was a small group of farmers that came together to do some things specifically around coal and wheat, um, coal for heating houses that they couldn't do by themselves. And fundamentally, that's what we're still doing today, right? We're building rail facilities that serve the, the local producers uh, that they couldn't do themselves, but collectively together as a group, we can. And so it's what it's allowing us to do is access markets that they couldn't access before, whether it was uh, crop nutrients that they're receiving or shipping their grain, not only across the country, but overseas. And that, it, you know, adding cents per bushel back in basis is, is a huge thing for the communities. And we, we, you know, we already talked about, you know, just the employment aspects of the cooperative in the communities. Sure. Um, it's a huge economic driver in these small towns. So do you do you kind of see um, broadband as the, uh, excuse me, play on words, but as the next frontier for you yeah. guys? You know, it's certainly a part of it, right? And, and data and collecting data is so huge in today's agricultural world and going to become yeah. even greater with the carbon markets and harvesting, you know, carbon in the soil and that yeah. all requires a lot of data to be gathered. Yeah. Well, and you have to, I see Ken's back on our uh, our connectivity here. Um, we're talking about two different datas in some ways, right? Jeremy's talking about the data that farmers are um, requiring and providing. Um, Ken, you were talking about uh, data mapping. You want to mm -hmm. pick that up just again for a minute? Yeah, um, which again, my apologies. This is really frustrating, but um, uh, but uh, but okay. So so when we were doing our broadband expansion project, um, the we had to demonstrate a need um, of unserved and underserved areas. Um, so we went into those communities, went door to door, and are asking people, "Hey, you want to check your internet speed?" Um, they would do it a couple times during the day to see if they're getting what they were paying for. Um, Cause we've seen time and time again across the state and it's, it's happening across the country where internet service providers, they would do just enough to get the funding to 
um, expand into an area and then that's it. Then they had no more incentive to build out. And so with the project that we were doing in Nemaha County, um, not only did it create a redundancy network, it passed 158 houses and which this, this project was challenged by the, the existing provider. And so we had to prove that people weren't getting the speeds that they're paying for. And so, I mean, we collected thousands of tests and uh, we were awarded because the, the state agreed that we were underserved. Um, wow. And so that it's, it's exciting, but this, this kind of mapping has happened all over the country and you, you see it time and time again. Um, but it's kind of a, it's a tool for the toolbox that's demonstrating the need or, you know, in some cases it's like, yeah, you know, this, is, this area is adequately served. So it's kind of both sides of the coin there. Um, but yeah, there are fellows that are working on it, on it. They're, they do a fantastic job. Um, just really happy to be able to work with them. Well, it seems like a, serve uh, with them, a lot to of serve with them, not work. To serve <laughs> we, with them, we serve, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work and um, I'll, I think you're challenging a lot of uh, suppositions that um, have, have been around for a long time. So I uh, really want to thank you there. Um, and I, I tell you what, we, I, I've enjoyed the conversation so much and I want to thank you both Ken and Jeremy for uh for joining me, we always end our um, our podcast with asking, "What does something greater, just the phrase, mean to you?" And I think, Ken, I think I'll start with you, just in case we lose you again. Well, that's um, a, what the, the signal's down to yellow. To oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that's a. Well, I just really, really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and, and share what we're doing. Um, say something greater. I mean, the, the service work that we're doing with, with Lead for America and the American Connection Corps is something greater because it's bigger than yourself. Um, we're, we're doing work that needs to be done um, and, and performing service that needs to be served. Uh, our small towns, we, we, need, we need better broadband. Um, we need people. And this is, a, this is a way to get both of those done. Um, just... Lead for America is such a great program. Um, I'm excited that it that it exists and that we have uh, partners and sponsors like yourself that see see the need and can see the future in, in in the lens that you know rural communities are important. We're not going away. Um, we're stand we're standing here. We're we're going to be we're going to defy the odds and, and bridge that digital divide. Gosh. I couldn't have said it better, Ken. Thank you so much. And there, are, as you mentioned, um, partners and sponsors and uh, and Lead for America, everybody is cheering for you. Um, Jeremy, Appreciate how it. about you? Um, what does the phrase something greater mean to you? Yeah, when I hear something greater, I think of one of our core values at Frontier is to better our best. And it's around continuous improvement, uh, never sitting back on our heels. And um, I think about agriculture and the development that is Create, been created over the last, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you name it. And there's so much greater things going to happen in the future in agriculture and rural communities. And I'm excited about that. That's great. Well, I, awesome. I, I want to thank you both. I, Jeremy, that is just, um, I mean, I think about that a lot today, the better our best. Um, wonderful, uh, wonderful conversation, rich things to think about. And uh, I just couldn't thank you, you both more. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Connectivity unleashes potential, and we can't wait to see how it unfolds as we connect more communities together. 
Learn more at AmericanConnectionProject.com. Wherever you find your podcasts, that's where you'll find us. Something Greater is available everywhere. So download, subscribe, and leave us a review. Looking for more content from Land O'Lakes, Inc.? Head to LandOlakesInc.com for more stories. You might be surprised to see what we're capable of.